You're listening to Who Wears the Pants. This is Mike. I'm Chris. Chris, what do we talk about on this bullshit show? We talk about relationships. Like love. Sex. Butt stuff. Rock and roll. Anal. All of it. Beads. Yeah. Wieners. Yeah. Love. (laughs) Death. Family. (laughs) Kids. Friends. We talk about all of it, all relationships, whether it is a paternal relationship or an intimate relationship or a friendship. Chris, I feel like we haven't recorded in forever. It's been a couple weeks. A couple weeks. Yeah, a couple weeks. I had to take a week off. You had to take a week off. Yeah, now we're now we're here. Now, now we are. Did back. we that last episode? Is it up? Can the I people ha- listen? I honestly have not posted oh any. I've God. not had time to fucking edit or anything, dude. It's because you have a like a serious jobby job, but yeah. the last couple of episodes have been so much about your job and based on my selfish curiosity about your job that I don't want to do that in today's episode. Let's not. So I'm looking at your uh, your your vape pen thing here for the the sweet sweet nicotine. Yeah, and you heard a sixth person, six number six S I X, has died from vaping related uh, lung issues. Really? Yeah, I did not yeah, know that. Yeah, there there's that's the big to do now. Now it's interesting because it is. What was the medical anomaly with? I it? don't know. I don't think that they figured it out yet. Um, just that, you know, they, they, they can attribute it to vaping, but that's all they can attribute mm. to. Cause popcorn lung was the thing. Yeah. Uh, and basically the way that works is there's a substance called diactylin that's found in the buttery flavoring that's in a lot of these. And that the, the reason it's called popcorn lung is because a popcorn factory here in Missouri, it was in the air all the time. And a bunch of guys there, it creates uh, scar tissue on your, mm. uh, lungs. Like inside of your lungs, and I guess they're called the uh, bronchias, the little sacs that actually fill up with air inside of your lungs. So those will develop scar tissue, and you can't process oxygen the same way. So wow, yeah, it's a big to do. Fancy, yeah. So the 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 blurb I heard on the radio, they think that some of it has to do with. Um, the mar- were with the the marijuana, um, the uh, the THC e cigarettes, but they don't think that you know that and the uh, the combination of nicotine and THC in in one, uh, I guess in one uh, fuel cartridge. I don't know, but just that uh, people are starting to die. A whole six. Wow. Out of, uh, you know, a bajillion, 330. Well, I mean, six people out of 7 billion people. I mean, that's a I mean, something to write home about. Yeah. For I sure. mean, I'm not trying to discount because I'm not the kind of person that celebrates death. And I certainly don't want to, you know, discount the loss to those loved ones. But statistically, it's uh, you're more likely to be killed by a shark on an airplane, on a roller coaster. Yeah. Um, uh, basically any yeah. other way. Yeah, yeah, that's that's kind of what I was going at. I'm sorry, I'm a little low energy this evening. I didn't have my monster today. I didn't get powerful. You didn't get powerful? By the time I looked down at my watch, it was 9 o'clock, and I was like, fuck, it is way too late. Your fingers are all dirty. What happened? Uh, I've been painting. I've been doing some diorama Ooh, projects at work. That's yeah, a Pompeii. Actually, yeah, the tea Pompeii. It's been nice. This is very it's been good. nice. Work's been good lately. That's awesome. Yeah, work's been good lately, man. You sent me a Frostgrave invite. Um, yeah. I can't do it. Yeah. Thanks. I appreciate you responding. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm here, responding. You know, two weeks later on the uh, on the show. On the show. Well, I'm like, I fucking nah, don't I love even it. have time to breathe. No, you don't even. Yeah, exactly. You don't have time to spend with your family. The last thing you're going to do is is fucking you know hustle toy soldiers with us with a bunch of nerds. Yeah. With, hey, stop! I'm a nerd. I love the nerds. Me too. What's funny? So, uh, 
my wife threw a surprise birthday thing for me and Roger and Jason came right. and that was awesome. I was so happy to see them. But uh, it made me miss recording Entertain the Geeky episodes because we haven't fucking recorded one together in months now. And I'm just like, fuck, I miss that. Yeah. Like getting to nerd out a little bit. And anytime I get to hang around my geeky friends, it's so fucking refreshing because all I talk about right now is work and money and blah, 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 because that's all I hear about. And I'm like, I don't want to fucking talk about that or yeah. deal with it. Yeah. And um, pussy. I'm sure they talk a lot about pussy. Not really. Not anymore? No. No, not so much. Everybody's con- concerned with the the fact that we're working out of a trailer right now. But Stop it. You are not. Yeah, we've been since I started there. Stop it. This is true. It's a triple Y. Pe- you mean that really nice dealership right on the corner of 270 and Lindbergh? Is not functional. We've not been in there. Oh, no. I'm sorry. I'm thinking of that. I've got the wrong one. You're on Page. Page and Lindbergh. Page and the Lindbergh. Yeah. That one. Wow. Yeah. Wow, that's fucking, that's top notch. That's pro shit. That's where yeah. I want to buy my car. We've been working out of the, the trailer, trailer park. Since, uh, well, so it's for them, it's been like a year and a half almost. Jesus. Yeah. A full demo slash rebuilding of a building. Now, the construction guys here are um, the most worthless pieces of shit I've ever had the displeasure of witnessing Uh-oh. in my life. Uh-oh. Here comes the hate mail. Oh, dude. Here comes the vandalism. I watched these guys one day sit outside for three and a half hours five of them there were only seven people on the job site five of them sat outside for three and a half hours and did dick and i'm like it's it's no fucking wonder that this building's not built because you guys are lazy pieces of shit yeah um you're sitting here collecting your fucking 30 35 dollars an hour whatever you make you come in, work seven to two, like you're pussies, and I don't like you. Wow, that's hardcore. Oh, it's obnoxious, man. I'm like, why Why are you even there? Like, just take the fucking day off. Yeah. If you're not going to do anything. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I, this is not a show about politics or what have you. I don't want to go on a tear, but I am tempted to go on a tear. You can tear it up. No, I'm not tearing it up. That's not what we're talking about. So what are we talking about we are, tonight? Tonight, we are talking about relationship advice and counseling. Mm. And you're sitting in your car right now or in your home or, you know, wherever you listen to basement, this. Yeah. And you're like, you're like, what are they talking about? This whole show, that's what they do. No, what I'm talking about is to whom do you go in search of advice? Yeah. So in your relationship, when you have a problem with Tara and it's an issue so much that, man, I, I, I just, you know, not necessarily venting because you vent to your buddies, you bitch, whatever. But I'm talking about who do you talk to? You're like, man, I, I have a problem and I need to confide in this person and I need to talk about this because this issue is actually serious. So it i guess it depends on who i'm closest to at a given point in time right like when tara and i were having our issues it was roger a lot roger and i hung out a shit ton um cody cody uh cody's you know one of the people that i'm closest to on planet earth yeah and my mom yeah my mom will always try to give solid advice like she uh she she's very good for that Hmm. so my mom or Cody are normally the ones that I would go to at this juncture. <laughs> so what are the kind of issues that you've had to bring to your mom? Uh, so when Tara and I split up for a little bit, it was that because I was fucking a mess. And I'm like, yeah. I'll just, I'm just going to call her until she loves me. And she's like, you need to leave her alone. 
Right. She'll love you if you just leave her alone. I'm like, no, no, I have to be there for her to love me. I need to be ever present and in the forefront of her mind. So then we'd start talking and she'd be like, you're driving me crazy. And I'm like, no, 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 you're driving yourself crazy. And she's like, this is what I'm fucking talking about. <laughs> so there That's was awesome. There was that. Yeah, it was I awesome. Could never, I, I, I could have never gone to either of my parents. And, and, and I... I mean, shit, I wouldn't have gone to my, my own siblings. And I, I mean, I love my brother and sister. They're wonderful. But even them, I wouldn't go to to discuss things about my relationship or, you know, just issues I'm having or problems I'm having. I just can't imagine confiding in them then in that fashion. I wouldn't I wouldn't vent to my siblings at all. But I'm also 10 years older than them. Yeah. You know, plus. And there's just they don't have the life experience sure. to give the type of advice that I think yeah. I would need at that point in time. Yeah. See, I think that, I mean, I, I think that they would, my siblings would both be very supportive in their own way, but I don't know. I don't know if I would get from them what I need, at least in, not in, in, in a relationship situation. You know what I mean? But I don't know. I also, I mean, I've, uh, Certainly, I'm the person who doesn't like to hear the hard truths that wants to live in blissful ignorance. So maybe they would be good for that sort of advice. I don't I don't know. I mean, but, you know, the 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 biggest problem that I have had in my relationship in the last, you know, 27 years, I brought up last week and my wife and I actually or last I shouldn't say week last episode. Am I, two, my, two episodes ago, two episodes. Yeah. What? Yeah, I thought it was episode twenty nine. Yeah, we recorded 30 already. This is 31. Did we? Yeah. Wow. Wait, Crazy, which right? one's out? Um, so I think in the death one is when you brought it up. Yeah, yeah, it was the death yeah, one. Yeah, and then we did an episode after that where we kind of lightened things up a little bit. I guess and I think we it did, got touched on. Yeah, yeah but... whatsoever. <clears throat> so, but we actually, we saw, we went and saw a marriage counselor. But initially, until I talked about it on the show, like I didn't tell, I told you uh-huh. and I told my friend Dan and ultimately I told my friend Daniel, but like I haven't told my best friend in the world. And the, it, it, as strange as it sounds is that I didn't want people to think less of my wife. So it wasn't even, you know, the, you know, being cuckolded or, you know, feeling emasculated or betrayed or what have you that I didn't want to address. It was really, I didn't want people to think badly of her. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think any, any time it's any time you're seeking advice, it's important that you're doing so with people who are going to look at the situation through an objective lens. Right, as opposed to like, well, fuck her, man. Get a divorce. Take half. What do yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah, I don't exactly. need to hear that. Well, and that's why, that's why I will talk to my mom or Cody. Um, both of them love Tara. And both of them have both parties' best interests at heart. Right. So they're, they both will give sound advice. Now, Cody has said before, because I was – I was venting one day and he's like, you know, I'm always team Chris. He's like, but you need to chill the fuck out. <laughs> that's awesome. Cause yeah. that's, see, that's, that's when, and I will admit this begrudgingly when you need to hear the truth. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I think there are times where you're, 
you're looking at things through a very, very narrow lens or you're you're staring at a speck. You're staring at one chocolate chip on a right. chocolate chip cookie. Right, right. Forced for the trees sort of exactly. thing. Exactly. Yeah. And it's uh it's damning to everybody that's involved, you and your partner. So to have somebody that can kind of say, Hey, you need to take a step back right. is is very good. Now finding uh people that will do that, that's difficult. Yeah. Like people that are actually gonna say, Hey, you know, you you uh you might be messing up here or whatever that are really truly going to be objective there and try to help you see the best possible uh resolution in the situation that is that's a rarity yeah well and that's why we went to uh you know when when she when she first told me um you know i suggested that we go see a marriage counselor mm-hmm. and we did for we did for a while and it was interesting having somebody there who didn't know either of us uh on that you know didn't know either of us and was able to review things with an impartiality yeah you know to be to be able to say okay well so here you are you know you have the aggrieved party and you have the party who you know has the transgressions right yeah you know basically committed the transgression exactly and what can i do to get you to both understand the other person's situation and that was very very valuable i thought it was i thought it was good i know a lot of guys don't want to talk about their emotions and that sort of situation but i uh i I very much found value in it i really did well i think so I listen to a lot of Jordan Peterson, or I have over the past oh, few years here. Fuck! What? Uh, I nothing. No, don't want to spoil any surprises. Okay, but I listen to a lot of Jordan Peterson. I've read his uh, book and stuff, and he one of the things that he talks about is you need to go into a conversation. This is one of the things that happens when people seek counseling, where you're looking for the best thing, and you're you're basically going into it expecting to find out something that you didn't know right and having that uh openness is something that is absolutely important even if even if it just reinforces what you already knew okay so then your idea was that much more valid and you have something to stand on at that point so it's you know it's interesting like i think that's a good thing that you went into it not just to say hey we need to we need to talk to somebody about this bullshit right but um we need to come to a place of understanding so that we can move forward right yeah and it's it's challenging it really it really is fuck yeah but sitting down sitting down with a third party um i don't know it was there was it was definitely it, there was definitely catharsis it definitely was very very helpful to to sit down with the other person and a stranger and have arbitration. But, you know, most of the time in situations before we ever saw that, anytime when there's a real issue that, that I would need to discuss, I don't know. It's weird. I, I, I'm i so confused about life. I just feel like I do it wrong because the the people, maybe I'm confused about who's closest to me. I, I don't know, but... 
before we saw counseling, when I was really upset, um, I first brought it up to a buddy of mine. We were just uh, having, you know, having dinner one night and he was going through some bad stuff and he actually was getting, I mean, he recently had just finished his divorce. And when I found out um, about what happened with my wife and uh, I just we were hanging out talking. He was having a hard thing and I just blurted it out and we talked about it for a while because he was somebody who knew what I was going through because he had been through the same situation, at least in terms of infidelity. And it was, it was good to talk to somebody who knew, but what was interesting and, and, and I love, I love him. He's, I mean, probably the most intelligent person I know, um, you know, the, the, the most rational, well-spoken, well-read person that I know, but he was still bitter from his own situation. And so some of the advice that he gave me, although it was, it was sound, it was still, it was coming from a place of emotional distress of, of of hurt and anger and still, you know what I mean? And I was like, you know, and, and I was mad at the time, and so I sort of fed into that. But uh, no, it's it, it's difficult because you know, in every relationship, you know, and I'm sure I've talked about this on the on the show before, but you can't when when your when your spouse comes to you and they complain about something, is it venting or is it a search for a solution? You know what I mean? And at that moment, I wasn't looking for a solution. I was just venting. But, you know, men, oftentimes we have a tendency to try to fix the thing and not recognize that the person is just venting. But going and seeing a marriage counselor who is also a woman, um, you know, she looked at it from a perspective that I generally did not. And she was very, very empathetic and very open to just, okay, well, how do you feel, right? Not, you know, what are we going to do to move forward? Can you forgive her? Just, you know, talk about how this has impacted you and then we can go from there, which was very, very valuable. And you're like, I feel like I caught a meteorite in my chest. Right. Yeah. Well, I don't know. It's interesting because, you know, when I, I don't know how to describe it because of, of course I forgive her. I mean, she's my best friend in the whole world. I love her. I love her more than anything. Of course, of course I forgive her. There's no question about that. The, the challenge is living with it. Yeah. Right. And, you know, my wife said in the marriage count with the, in one of the marriage counseling sessions that her biggest fear at this point was, you know, not me leaving her, but there always being this black mark on our relationship. And there was before the affair and after the affair. Yeah. And there, and it's never going to be the same again. Yeah. And I work very hard to make to 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 make it not that way, right? To make it that of of course, you know, I, but but it but it also it is, right? That's just real life. It is before and after. An intimate relationship is a very very interesting thing because when it comes to a friendship, your friend can do something to piss you off and it's easy to get past it depending on what it is. But 
when it's something along the lines of betrayal, well, then you view it very, very differently, I think. And it it impacts you in just a much more profound way. Like, it's right. it's just what this person is supposed to be to you is always true, always there, and that's what you're supposed to be to them. Right. And that's that I have I have I've never felt more alone in my life. Yeah. Because my my parents, you know, and I've I talked about this on that episode. Your 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 parents are supposed to be the people who put you first and love you more than anything. And put your interests above theirs. And I never expected my spouse to be, you know, always putting my interest above there. But I, my parents were so shitty that I, ex, I, I had an expectation that my wife was better than them. And then this happens and it just, it shattered my whole world. For well, no, a while. that person's human all of a sudden. And it's not yeah. like, it's not like they're, human like you thought they were before no they're right a dirty fucking you're just yeah. like everybody else right. or worse yeah because you could do this to me right no that makes yeah. perfect it's, sense and it's terrible no it is. that's and that is why i we years ago my wife and i had this thing and i actually said this to the marriage counselor that i was so pissed off i was like the thing that pisses me off more than anything else is the fact that we had an agreement. If something like this ever occurred, I just don't want to know. It's not that I don't care that it happened, but I can't fucking know. You can't tell me. I can't fucking know. See, that's so interesting. So I am the complete opposite. They're like, I would rather know all the dirt on you so that I know what to expect and I don't have this romanticized idea about yeah, you. But then but then you obsess about the details and the little things and the who's that in your car with you and you were supposed to call me back and you didn't call me back. And you get you get in your own you're looking at me like you want to smile, but you also I'm hurting your feelings. No, no, no. I'm listening yeah, to you. You but you obsess and become paranoid about all of those small details. It's better for you to not know. I think I think going into things with the idea of not caring is probably a little more healthy. You have to understand that whoever you're with has a past and they've got baggage or whatever. What's up, buddy? But what you doing, guy? Love you. I like how the band of his uh, of his his gym shorts is the dark side over his butt. Yes. Yeah, because that is in fact the dark side. <laughs> but uh, see, because that's where the poop comes from. It it does come from there, <laughs> his butt. Um, I wiped it off there before. And that's hot many times. But <laughs> yeah, I I think it's a. Uh, I think you have to look at it as a I don't care. This is us. This is now kind of thing. Right. Um, you're gonna have your shit. Yeah. I'm gonna have my shit. So. That exists. We both know that, but we have to understand that. Right. And I think that's what's really, really hard because you're emotionally invested in like that I don't care aspect of it is uh, is really the only thing that I think can be liberating. Right. And I don't care is such a harsh way to put it, but it has to be secondary to everything right. else. Yeah. So, I mean, and it's funny because 
you know, I mean, I, I have friends who have been in similar situations or have been in the same situation and they want to check their spouse's email and they want to check their spouse's phone yeah. and they want, you know, full access to all that stuff to make sure that they're not being betrayed. And I, you know, the, the marriage counselor, you know, she, who was, you know, very, very good. Um, she said, well, you know, you know, memory, you should let Mike see your phone. And I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. That's hers. That's, that, that's, you know, that's hers. It's not my place. It's not my business. Um, I, I'm going to trust her or I'm not going to trust her. And if I am choosing to trust her and get past this, I can't be obsessing about looking at her email and looking at, uh, you know, looking at her phone and seeing if she's doing this. If it happens again, then everything's over. I'll, yeah. kill, I'll kill all three of us. I, I think it's. I'm, I'm kidding. Maybe. <laughs> no, I think it's. I think it's healthy to have uh, open phone and all that shit. Like, if my phone dings, I shouldn't. I shouldn't worry about her picking it up. No, and totally, vi- totally agree. And vice versa, if she wants to peek through my email or text or whatever, cool, go ahead and do it. If I want to yeah. peek through yours, cool, I should be able to do it. Should I be in a place to where I feel like I have to? No. Yeah. No, and, agreed. And that's that's really where it gets hard and hairy because you don't know, like, you don't know when you're coming from a place of just, oh, hey, did uh, you got an email? I'll click on it. Right. Or, oh, I'm going to snoop. Yeah. And, that's... And, and it's easy to blur that line. Yeah. And I am not, I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm not a snoop. No. My wife comes from a family of snoopers. So, I mean, she herself is not a snoop, um, but her her grandmother is, uh, I mean, like a fucking world-class gold medal snoop. It's, nice. She's amazing. Now, her mom's not a snoop in the sense that her mom, like, went through her daughter's stuff or whatever. But, man, my mother-in-law, she can find anything on anybody. It's fucked up. That's how my mom is. Yeah. My mom will, she's a fucking digger. Yeah. Okay. And she will, she'll message me and be like, oh, your ex has some, uh, has a new warrant out. (laughs) And I'm like, what? Yeah. There's a new, or she'll be like, there's a new mugshot up. Nice. That's one of the things that she'll do. And I'm like, awesome. So my mom is very much that way. And it's fucking crazy my yeah. dad's like you see what i had to deal with in the divorce and i'm like were you being an asshole because if no. you were being an asshole and she was just putting it out there like that's kind of your fault yeah no for sure and shit you have a woman scorned here she's gonna put it all out there buddy yeah. and it's gonna... why did your parents get divorced again um my dad was into like drugs and stuff and he was a he was definitely uh not being good to my mom yeah right um I'm not going to air out all their no, no, shit. No, 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 no. Yeah, they weren't they were both very young and in a very very unhealthy relationship. Yeah. Uh and it was 98% because of my father. Yeah. Um my mom was just a fucking vindictive person after that. Yeah. And she's like, "I'm not vindictive." I'm like, "Sure you're not, mom." Yeah. <laughs> but like she she was she was always ready to go to war. I get it. Yeah. Like, especially being her kid, I'm like, oh, this is how you do battle. You yeah. do it to fucking destroy. Yeah. No, you fight total war yeah. or you don't fight war. Exactly. Yeah. And she is a fucking 
yeah. monster. You, you win wars by killing civilians. I think Sun Tzu said if you attack, you attack with overwhelming force. Yeah. I, 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 I don't know. Maybe I'm not smart, but I just I read The Art of War and very few things from The Art of War stuck with me. Uh, maybe I had a bad translation from Ching Chow to English. I don't know. But what? <laughs> um, whatever. Fuck you. It's a joke. Jesus awesome. Christ. It's a fucking joke. Um, but um, the thing that stuck with me is that war is deception. Yeah. But I've, I've, I've for a long time been a firm believer that if, you know, if you look at the, the, you look at human history, wars are won not by killing soldiers. Wars are won by breaking the enemy's will to fight in the easiest way, or I should say not easiest because it's not easy. It's fucking horrible. But the most efficient way to break the enemy's will to fight is give them nothing to fight for. And that is absolutely nuke their friends and their family, loved ones, their fucking neighbors. You drop an atomic bomb on them and then you say, look, guys, if you do this, if you don't stop, if you don't surrender, we have eight more of these fucking things, which was a lie. We only had one, but we two. got eight. I thought we had two total. Yeah, fat man and skinny boy. So and I, I guarantee fat man and little boy, little and boy, we, and we 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 nuke we nuke them, and then we tell them we've got eight more of these, and they're like, oh fuck, fuck no, you don't, and then we nuke them again, and they're like, oh shit, dude, you killed all these civilians. Ah, uh, okay, we give up. That's how you win wars. That's why we're still embroiled in the Middle East, because we want to profit from the poppy fields. And, you know, it's, it's funny that we've been in Afghanistan um, for 15, yeah. 18 years. Yeah, for 18 years. And, and you know what's not been burned down and destroyed? All the poppy fields. Do you know what kind of epidemic we have in the United States right now? The Haran. Fucking har heroin. Now, we sold crack in the inner city to make money to fund the Contras. You can't, you can't convince me that the CIA is not selling fucking heroin in middle-class white neighborhoods. Well, and not just heroin, but oil. Like, that commodity in, of, in and of itself is so the, precious. The, the problem with that is, is that oil is a legal commodity that can be tracked, and people can't put together evidence to say this oil is coming from field A to processing plant B to United States, you know, shipping receiver C. But black market stuff, nobody's tracking that. Fair enough. Any which way. I mean, we should have burned, we should have burned the heroin fields, the poppy fields should have been burned fucking day one, eight o'clock. Yeah, just fucking destroy it. Here you go, you goddamn monsters. Well, before, before it was nuke, it was it was burn, it was cut off supplies. That was the thing. You would starve people out. Or you would lead somebody right. somewhere to where their troops could be starved out. Right. And then it would just be so devastating right. that they couldn't continue to fight. And that shit happened in World War II with Germans. Yeah. Yep. Um, they went into Russia and were fucking frozen and starved out by the Russians who knew how to handle winter right. there, who had done it. And the Germans had done the same thing that Napoleon did, you know, years and years and years before that, right. which was, oh, we're, we're going to go fight the war on their turf, on their terms. Well, you're fucking stupid. Yeah. Like you went there and starved yourselves out, froze your own people, said you're going to fight till the last man. The only people that were willing to do that were the ones that were fucking already dead. 
horrendous. Horrendous. But yeah, um, <laughs> if you're going to go to war. Well, it's quite a tangent. You fucking kill everybody. You fight total war. You fucking kill everybody. You drop bombs and be like, oh, some fucking kids are dead. I'm so sorry. Oh, some fucking women are dead and grandparents are dead. I'm so fucking sorry. Well, while you guys were in your cave, we killed everybody. You should have thought about that before you went in the cave. Yeah. But we don't do that anymore because of, I don't know, man, the world's fucked. I mean, I don't, I don't think it's fucked to not want to completely destroy a populace. Don't fight a war. Don't do it. The issue that, the issue that we run into with that and it's, oh, well, what if they're making weapons of mass destruction that they could reach us with or an ally with? Like that's, that's really the big thing. Like, uh, you know, when we went into fucking Iraq, they may have weapons of mass destruction. Well, no, they fucking don't. No, they didn't. I, I don't. I don't want to re-litigate that whole situation because everybody on the world stage believed that they did. Mm-hmm. Both both sides. Both and in the everybody wants to do revisionist history, particularly now going into the twenty twenty election. But both sides of the political aisle in the United States were very, very much of the opinion that this was true and that we should go to war any which way. I'm fine. Here's the thing. I wasn't opposed to any kind of war. Yeah. But I'm I'm opposed to a war that's not winnable because we're not fighting to win. Well, right, because we're not killing civilians on purpose. You're a monster. I, I'm not. I'm not saying I want to do that. I'm saying that if you fight a war, that's how you win. Is that you kill everyone and destroy everything, and then they're like, "Holy shit, these guys are monsters. Let's let's not fight them anymore. Let's well, capitulate." I think what's weird is the the monstrous acts happen to us, and we're like, "Oh, this is so bad. Let's go. Let's go get revenge." But then we. we we're not prepared to be monsters in the wake of that. Does that make sense? It does. You mean they deliberately killed civilians and we that go was the out whole of our goal. way and bend over backwards to not kill civilians? Yeah, that was the whole goal was to fucking come here, kill civilians, and just fucking destroy our will. Yeah. And it's like, okay, we'll go get the guys that did that. That makes sense. Okay, I get it. You don't want to fucking hurt somebody that's innocent. Perfect. I get it. But we didn't starve them out of anywhere we didn't fucking just lay waste to okay we know that they're within this one mile block let's destroy that one mile block yeah let's do you don't have to do anything outside of that but you know the two guys that run the whole thing are right here fuck it let's just nuke that city just fuck it kill everybody fuck them wow fuck um because you know what and this will be controversial but if they could do it to us they would oh for sure for sure. Fuck them. Wow. So anyway, the j- about, about, yeah, about relationships. But yeah, like yeah. my growing up, my what I what I learned was you fucking go to war and you go to war to destroy, and that's what you know. That's my mom what did. got on this tangent. Yeah. Your mom's your mom sounds awesome. My mom's a savage, dude. Yeah. Uh, she Ooh, actually, excuse me. She's she's the one that. I found out paid for my birthday party and stuff this year because I was like, how much did we end up paying for that, babe? And she's like, we did not spend a dime on it. And I was like, what? I'm so sorry that I didn't make it. That's okay. We had scheduled our game and That's okay. we only got, I feel bad. No, it's okay. I feel like I have to suck your dick. You should. Um, but no, like it was super sweet of her. And she's like, look, <coughs> I didn't get to do a lot for you when you were growing up because we were poor. She's like, and your brothers require all this attention. 
Uh, so, you know, I wanted to do something special. And I was like, well, that means the world to me. You're amazing. Like, my mom's a loving person. She's so sweet. Um, now, see, my mom, my mom would have to say, she'd have to come to me and say, hey, I'm sorry. I was a horrible monster. And I, you know, savagely abused you so much to the point that your brain rewired itself. And you hate yourself because I hated you as a child. And so now I'm going to take all the cyanide. Well, you hate her. She hated you because she hated herself. It wasn't sure. you. No, I get it. And that was self-loathing. Yeah. She whatever. just taught you how to self-loathe. Yeah. She was, she was the master. Yeah. That's fucking. She horrendous. was like the Nietzsche of self-loathing. <laughs> uh, God is dead and you should be. <laughs> oh my God. I should be. No, not you. I mean, no, no, no. That's what, that's yeah, what she would say. Yeah. <laughs> God is dead and so am I. Where did this darkness come from? I wasn't angry. At the, I wasn't I wasn't all amped up and angry until. Because we started talking about war and then you were like, we should fucking kill everything. <laughs> and my mom. I'm just I'm just telling you that if you look at if you look at American history, how we do things changed dramatically at the end of World War II. We have never fought war that way ever again. And how many wars have we won? Huh. Anyway. Depends on your definition of victory, sir. We poisoned countless U.S. troops and other people with Agent Orange. <laughs> wow, we did do that. It yeah. was pretty great. Agent Orange was a great band when I was a kid. My uh, my grandpa was stationed over there when all that was going on, and he got um, esophageal cancer. Mm. And my grandma was like, you need to sue the government Monsanto. And he's like, no, I was in the military. And Wow. Oh, he's still Fucking a Marine. Hardcore. Still a Marine. Hardcore. And uh, she's like, no, she's like, you got esophageal cancer, and the only reason you caught it is because you're religious about your testing. Like, you're lucky to be here, and you should right. fucking decimate the people that were doing horrendous things to yeah. you and everybody around you. But yeah, it's, it's bizarre, because it, could you imagine that people that you're, you have this bond with that you can't break... A bunch of them are fucking dead or dying be just because you're old. Mm -hmm. Like, that's weird. I, it's I, a different ran time, man. Random different thought that popped into my head, but I'm like, man, most of them are gone. I'm about to turn 30, so I'm like, I I, I don't know. I've thought about death forever. Mm -hmm. I've talked about that a lot on the show. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I, I'm like, wow, this is, this is um, just amazing. It's an amazing thought that everybody that you're close to and like the, these bonds are supposed to be special because you kill with these people like right. you your battle brothers yeah it's yeah. it's just different than what yeah. you know we have i i regret i shouldn't say regret because it's like i made a bad decision i i am disheartened by the fact that i am not that kind of person that i don't have the discipline tenacity and toughness to be that kind of person. So there are a very select few people that are warrior wired basically. Yeah. And I love them. I respect the shit out of them, but like not everybody is. And like there's, you're wired for something else entirely. And that's, it's good. It's good in a different way. But yeah, like, I thought about enlisting a couple of years ago. Like it's something that I talked about as a kid. And then a couple of years ago, I was like, maybe I should just do that. And Tara's like, you can't do that. 
she's like, I don't really, I'm not okay with you leaving right now. Right. Um, but it, it, it's, yeah, I don't know. Like, you feel almost guilty. Like, if do you do you listen to any war stories or anything like that? Oh yeah. Okay. So I mean, I mean, so, I mean I'm a I'm a you know an armchair general fucking poser, right? I mean, I read I read history books about war and you know that sort of thing. But I mean, I never, I've, I've never been in that situation. I'll never be able to empathize with those people. I'll never be that guy, right? I listen to uh, Jocko Willink a lot. He's a Navy SEAL or former Navy SEAL, retired Navy SEAL, I guess is the right way to put it. Uh, he's a retired Navy SEAL and motivational speaker. And uh, like he has a company called the Echelon Front and they basically go in and teach businesses how oh, that, to run themselves. That sounds, the Echelon Front, that sounds like some conspiracy shit right there. Right. It sounds like a weird sex act. Yeah. <laughs> you get on the Echelon Front. Um, but like you listen to him and like he has all these former military guys on the show and shit and you're like, fuck dude, I am a waste of life. Yeah, I'm a piece of shit. Like you listen yeah. to what, the, and they're like, you know, we do this because this is what we're supposed to do. It's the right thing to do and we love all you guys. It's okay that you didn't serve. And it's like, no, no, it's not. No. I feel like an asshole. Well, and we treat you like shit. And oh, my God damn it. So w how did this episode become about uh, come about politics and how military. we should treat veterans? And oh, my God. And we, we, we send so much money around the world. And I understand, you know, and I mean, I'm not like a rocket surgeon when it comes to geopolitics. But I understand that, they, that we are purchasing influence. I get that. But the fact that we do it at the expense of treating our warfighters like garbage and we, we don't have the balls or the inclination to declare war, we send men and women around the world to kill and die for us and then we treat them like fucking garbage when they come home. It's it's repugnant. It's disgusting for sure. Well, it, 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 anytime somebody's like, I know they're former military or I find out they are. I thank them for their service. Like it's important. Um, what you do is important. And like the fact that you have taken time away from your family, from your life and all that to go do this, whatever. If you were fucking mopping a floor in an army barracks here in the States, I still appreciate the shit out right. of the fact that you did it. Yeah. Because logistics are essential. It, so I'm just essential. like, I'm like, you know, thank you. And, like, we just hired a new guy, and he's like, I was like, what'd you do before this? He was like, oh, I was in the uh, Air Force, and I was like, dude, thank you. Uh, he was Chair Force. That's It's different. I, I'm not military, so I won't make that joke. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm not military either, but I made that joke. Fuck off. So <laughs> I'm like, oh, thank you. And he was like, huh? Because up until that point, the guy had only seen me be an asshole. Uh, you're you. Yeah. One, <laughs> I, I, you know, I have to be like a a manager right so i'm like hey i need you to go do this or some guy fucking sold the wrong car so huh I, yeah sold huh? The, sold the wrong car we did paperwork on the wrong car huh? and the customer drove the wrong car off the lot huh yeah i was pissed how, how, well, and this has happened twice with this guy in the past two huh? weeks you're fired oh that's shit so i'm like dude i'm like why the fuck anybody put this new guy with you is beyond me. I'm like, but he's not working with you anymore. And he's like, huh? And I'm like, yeah, he's going to go work with the guy that does his job. You're selling the wrong car to the wrong person. Yeah. And he's like, 
oh, that's not very nice. I'm like, you're fucking up. Yeah. Like, I've done the job for a long time. Longer than this guy has. How do you sell the wrong fucking car? It's simple. So, like, if you've got eight of the same car on the lot. Oh. Okay. So, your VIN number. 20. Yeah, it's a different VIN. Okay. But you're supposed to check it. Like, you go, you get a stock number. The stock number is associated with the VIN number. You take this this VIN slash stock number, and that's the car that you sell. You show them that car. You make sure that that car is the one that we're selling them when you go and enter right, everything into the, the Google machine. Right, you look at the last four digits of yeah. the VIN number. And, and he's like, well, I tried to tell him. I'm like, did you use your words to tell the guy that was writing <laughs> the deal? And he's like, well, no. I'm like, and did you tell me before I brought this guy in, in my office to sign all of his paperwork? And he's like, well, no. I'm like, so he drove off. I'm like, he was here for hours and he drove off in the wrong car. And at no point in time did you stop and say, hey, manager, hey, manager, because three different <laughs> managers touched your fucking deal. I need to change the car that we're on because I picked a different vehicle. And he's like, oh, and I'm like, yeah, dick. <laughs> you fucking derelict. Like, I've never sold the wrong car. And any time that I was close to doing so, I immediately rectified it because you can't send somebody off in the wrong car. Right. Um, that's a liability. Like, what if that person gets hurt in that car? What if they pull out and the car that you sold them hasn't been through service or something, so they go out in a car with no fucking blinkers and get T-boned and die? Like, you stupid shit. <laughs> Come on. And this is Air Force guy? Yeah, so Air Force I... guy witnesses all of my prickness, and then I'm like, dude, thank you. And he's like, huh? <laughs> and I'm like, I appreciate, I appreciate your service, man. And he's like, oh, thanks. You're like, what did you score on the ASVAB, retard? What? <laughs> Eight. <laughs> Eight. <laughs> well, what's funny, so uh, did you know that it's illegal for the military to accept somebody with an IQ under 83? Under or over? Under. Really? Yeah, it's completely illegal. So you have to have an IQ over 83 to even be in the military. Why? Because you are socially inept. Like, you were not fit to basically there's really not a job that you're fit for i gotcha in the country like in the world with that iq you're telling me that a guy with 82 iq no can't doesn't get in guy with 83 iq doesn't get in so i got an 83 iq don't get in wow it's 84 and up Hmm. and if you're right at that 84 your whole career might be you you know scrubbing the same toilet Whatever. Just so you don't fuck anything up. You know, the thing is, is that there... The world needs ditch diggers and shit shovelers and... I agree, but what if you're so... What if you're such a derelict person that while you're shit shoveling, you fucking... You just throw your shovel behind you because you're done with work and it fucking kills somebody. Eugenics. Yeah. That's, so, I mean, eugenics is the answer. We, we would start to run into that. But yeah, you basically, you're not fit for the workforce at all if your IQ is there. So the military, it's completely illegal to even have you there if your IQ is not. So what we need is a militant authoritarian dictatorship at which I am the head. And I make the decisions on who who basically who does what and yeah mike is like an iq of 68 is fine yeah 
And they're like, what? And he's like, yeah, 69 is too funny. So 68 is going to be the cutoff. <laughs> and with your IQ of 68, you can hold but, this toothbrush. Okay. I, IQ is not everything. No. I know. I, I mean, when I was in high school, the, the, the guy with the highest IQ that I, that I knew, the smartest guy I knew, um, he doesn't do this now, but he worked at a fucking gas station for a long time because just because you have a high IQ does not mean that you have the discipline or motivation to make use of that intellect. So, okay. IQ is a funny thing because there's, uh, there's like a point with it to where you can be very lazy because nothing Surely. is nothing's challenging to you. Right. Well, and you become apathetic. Why do I fucking care? Yeah. So that's a thing. But like, I, I don't know, man. Like, uh, I, I, IQ is bizarre. So while it's not the single determining factor, it's a big deal. And it, genetically, like, if you're not, if you're not socially prepared, or if you're not what you can provide to the world is not enough you're going to be sorted out biologically. Like you're not going to get picked up by a partner. Oh my God. I didn't. That's why I didn't breed because I'm a piece of shit. That's why I don't have children. And you, you should, do. because you have a fucking 140 IQ. I don't have. So first of all, it was higher than that when I tested. Second of all, you hear that I'm older. I'm older now and I'm drug addled and a drunk. And so I'm sure my brain has been destroyed. And then my IQ is probably in the 68 range. Yeah. So maybe you should duct tape my toothbrush to my hand <laughs> so you can hold it. Yeah. <laughs> This cookie is so nummy. <laughs> oh, nummy. Jesus Christ. No, uh, it's, it, I, look, my IQ is not as high as yours. Um, yeah, but nor, you, nor was it. No, but you have ambition and drive and, and genetic it, superiority. That's right. You, <laughs> you are, you are a far more athletic, healthy, attractive person. That's a true statement. Okay. So the thing that I was most proud of recently was going to throw axes. That's what we did for my birthday. And uh, it was a surprise. I went in with a blindfold, took it off, and I was like, what the fuck? So I was stoked. I was pretty goddamn good at it. Yeah. And I was like, this is the coolest thing to it's be good you got at. because you got that sweet engine blood. So uh, the... the the amount of engine blood that I have, I don't know what it is, and I would assume that it's extremely, extremely low. Like, my grandpa got really into uh, heritage tracking at one point, and he's like, oh, we're Cherokee. And I'm like, yeah, so is everybody. Yeah, so yeah, so, so is Elizabeth Warren. Yeah, so oh, wait, I, no, she's not. I blew that off, <laughs> and I'm like, who cares? You know, whatever. And then I had uh, some guy say, you're native. And I was like, what? Or he goes, are you a native? And I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? And he's like, you know, a native to this land. And I was like... No, I was like, I'm pretty sure I'm mostly Norwegian and English uh, with a little bit of prick mixed in. <laughs> and he's like, no, you're native. I can tell. And then you said it on the show one time. Yep. You're like, yeah, it's you're, you're, you're probably. And I'm like, nah, maybe Cherokee Nation, Cherokee. Oh, <laughs> marching on the trail. Of tears. <laughs> yeah. So I could throw a hatchet because of that. Yeah. I could throw the big axe. What's the big axe? So it's a big two-headed, like, double-sided axe. Mm -hmm. And it's what you would normally use to fucking go be a lumberjack. And they're like, 
you got to throw this one, but at the end of the throw, you got to lift up on it. I was fucking bullseyeing with that big lift bitch. Lift up on it? Yeah, so like when you throw an axe, you keep everything relatively straight so that the axe leaves your hand right and it gets the right rotation. With the big axe, because it's longer and distant, like the way that length affects the distance. You give it a little tip at the end. You give it a little flip at the end so that it actually sinks. And uh, it's fucking cool. Mm. It's fucking cool, man. It was fun. And he was like, he was like, what, you Comanche? No. Where are you from, bro? No, the guy that was like. Where's your res? Doing everything was like, he, he looked like he might have been Native American or whatever. Engine, however you want to say it. Um, I looked like some asshole white guy that was like, ha ha ha, I threw the axe. <laughs> and you're drinking. Woo! Yeah. I was drinking Rolling Rock on top of it. So mm. I'm like, yeah, I was all white trashy. Wearing fucking ripped up jeans and stuff and oh i thought maybe you had cut off jeans I, no so i would have i i thought we were going to be playing a laser tag like uh, so i suspected the surprise thing um and i'm like oh she's you piece of shit she's gonna yeah i know and i've ruined fucking everything that's what she said um and i'm like oh okay so then she's like hey i know you have some idea and i'm like i know so she's like we're gonna put a blindfold on you i want the kids to still be happy about it so we're going to uh, yeah, say that so we're going to a Halloween store. Because you're good people and you want your kids to fucking be happy. Yeah. So we get in the car and I put my blindfold on and I'm like, oh, we're going to play laser tag. I know the laser tag place that we're going to. And I'm while laser tag is fun, if I'm going to do a simulated combat, I want it to be paintball. Right. Um, because it's better. But. I'm still happy to go do it, and I wore some jeans and stuff because the last time I went and did something like that, I went and destroyed my knees uh, sliding and stuff mm-hmm. because I play like I hate everybody. So we get in the car, I have my jeans on, we show up, and I'm like, oh, we're throwing axes. And she's like, yeah, it's bring your own beer. Here's your beer. And I was like, oh, yeah. yeah. And I get there, and... My friends are there, and it was it was fucking great, man. Not all your friends. Not all of them. You didn't show up. Tara was mad at you, by the way. No, yeah. I told her. Th- no, 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 no. So she goes, she's like, yeah, I told Mike, and he just in the most matter-of-fact, nonchalant way was like, no, I have to game that night. And she's like, fuck your game. No. Oh, no, she was legitimately upset. No, Tara. So don't be mad at me. I thought that was so funny. But I, I was like, I was like, I don't, I'm like, I get where he's coming from. At least he had the self-respect to say no and not do the maybe thing. Yeah, no, that's shitty. Uh, so it was cool. Um, Bruce from work ended up coming. God damn, Bruce. You know what? Fuck you, Bruce. You the, Bruce is actually a buddy of mine, so he bought me a throwing star while we were there. And uh, it was fun to throw with him. Him and I were both throwing the big axe, and we were trying to get them both to land at the same time. So we did that, got a picture of it, and everything everything else is history now i'm sad that tara's upset with me she's not upset with you anymore she was if you talk to her about it she will rekindle those feelings of resentment but it's it's okay god damn i forgave you that's all that matters no you know what i hate you guys so i guess the word of wisdom for this week because we're at that point now is go into a conversation like there is something new to be heard. I think that's I think that's an excellent word of wisdom. I really do. I also think that there is I stole it from Dr. Jordan B. Peterson. Mm. Way smarter than me. And, and bonus word of wisdom. Have the courage to get help. Absolutely. 
when I think any interaction that you have with somebody, you should look at as an opportunity for help. Like if if you're going to engage with somebody in a conversation, you should be willing to receive whatever word they might have, even if it's a anything that they might have that you don't know, like is help to you and you should go at it like that. Like, you know, treat yourself like somebody that deserves help and accept that help. I think that's very solid for the bonus word. You're so wise and beautiful. No, I stole it from Jordan Peterson again. We should, we should, no. We should get an apartment together. No, I just think that you and Tara and I should be a thruple. Yeah, we are basically. We should be a thruple. We're a thruple, yeah. We get to jerk off and she gets to go do whatever it is she does. Yeah. Yeah. Grind it out. Yeah. (laughs) 